This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. This week, Canadian uh, Music Week in Toronto. So there's a lot of conferences for people in the, in the music industry, in the radio industry. I know Boss Brad was in Toronto, and I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about this. Uh, got to go into the studio with a bunch of radio people and Max from Arkells. And apparently, uh, Max played some songs for them. Mm-hmm. Can't say exactly what Boss Brad heard, hmm. but he said it was pretty darn sweet. Okay. So the new album, Blink Twice, that the band is working on is going to have some really cool surprises and some really hot jams, according to Boss Brad. He didn't bootleg us a copy? <laughs> no. Come on. We all have a cell phone, bro. Yeah, he just hit record on that thing, Boss Brad. Come on, Give buddy. Give us the scoop. Uh, but some uh, some cool stuff coming from Arkells in the near future. The pride of Hamilton, Ontario. The shame of Hamilton, Ontario. Barton Street. Mm-hmm. Barton Street East specifically voted the worst road in Ontario in a poll done by CAA. You may have heard about this, and we were speculating yesterday, what does the city of Hamilton do with that information? Do they uh, use it to their advantage and make Barton Street East a tourist attraction? Yeah, yeah. Worst road in the world. Come on by, fall in a pothole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, thrill seekers, if you think. <laughs> can you make it through? If you think you can make it down Barton Street without snapping an axle, <laughs> give it your best shot. Sign this waiver first, sure, please. Sure, yeah. They've decided instead of doing that, which we suggested, that they're going to fix it. Hey, yeah, baby. All it took was several years of shame. <laughs> Barton Street, worst road in Ontario for now, but a multi-year, multi-phase reconstruction is going to begin later this year. This from Hamilton's chief road official says that a contract has been awarded for $9 million for the reconstruction of Barton Street East between Parkdale Ave and Talbot Street. Who's going to be worse next year? Because <laughs> it ain't Barton Street East, baby. Might be Barton Street West. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. You may remember uh, months, if not years ago, we talked about this story, Jim. Um, a woman got an STD while she hooked up with a guy in his car. Mm-hmm. His car insurance company was Geico. So she sued for millions of dollars because she got this STD. And now Geico is on the hook. They must pay $5.2 million. This is absolute nonsense. Nonsense. Hey, it was uh, something that happened in the car. So? If you get an STD at a bed in your house, does your home insurance cover that? Serta gets Serta's lawyers on the phone. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so the woman in Missouri uh, was, she went to court and Geico was uh, on the hook for a million dollars. But then an appeals court got involved. It's a little complicated, but apparently Geico refused to get involved initially. They wouldn't join the guy's defense. The court determined that that, that was them opting out of a, of a defense, which led to the judgment. Because if you opt out of a defense, then you can get into more trouble, apparently. Uh, she went to arbitration with the guy, was awarded $5.2 million. 
That means Geico is on the hook because of some uh, precedent that had been set in another case this, years before. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't really understand it either. There's nothing to understand. It's a scam. What is going on? Like, how is it Geico's fault? What could they have done to prevent this? May, like, they didn't invent condom the Condom dispensers they in didn't, the back? They don't even invent... They, they took the ashtrays out, put in condom dispensers. They don't... They don't make the car. They insure the driver. Pump? The car, the car wasn't pump even in the moving. Back no, <laughs> this it is, is so pretty. Stupid. It is pretty crazy. Like I, I just, it just gives me no faith in the justice system in in America. Not that this was the, not that I had much before. But who's making these decisions? What kind of judge would come to this conclusion? The judge even said he thinks this is the wrong thing to do but because of the way things are set up he has to do it oh my god it's the dumbest thing i'm like honestly like i i don't understand so anything that happens in a car now even if it's not moving or has nothing to do with the operation of the vehicle geico could cover stds apparently in (laughs) missouri anyways very specific are on the list so if you start with a if you get a herpes outbreak just move to missouri real quick (laughs) meet a guy at a bar get five million dollars get in the back of the car well Mm. if you give him herpes though then you're gonna be no 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 your insurance company yeah yeah. state farm you're not (laughs) state farms on the hook (laughs) like a good neighbor (laughs) i want to see you Here we go with sports. Devin Peacock is our sports guy. He's joining us. Live Golf. This is the league funded by the Saudi Arabians that is uh, looking to compete with the PGA. And it seems like they're doing a pretty good job so far. This Live Golf thing is really picking up steam here, Dev. It really is. Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed are the latest golfers to leave the PGA Tour and commit to live golf. They will not be playing in the tournament that starts today, but they will be playing later this month. They are notable because they are uh, two of the youngest golfers to leave the PGA Tour. They're both uh, 29, no, 30, 31 in that range. And so some of the guys we've seen are Phil Mickelson. He's a bit older. Dustin Johnson, he's 37. They're a bit older, but if you're seeing some of the younger golfers say, listen, we're leaving the PGA Tour. We're going over to Live Golf. The PGA Tour should be paying close attention. Right. These guys have their careers ahead of them, whereas you look at Mickelson, you're like, okay, I get it. He's doing one last cash-in before he he hangs it up. Uh, What is the tournament that starts this weekend? A tournament being held in England at the Centurion Club. And it's kind of interesting the way they're going to do this. It's going to be a broadcast on livegolf.com, on YouTube, and on Facebook. Broadcasters from around the world. It's going to be free for people to watch. Uh, there, I don't think there's going to be too many commercials, if any. And the way they do their tournaments is different than the PGA Tour. So it's going to have a field of 48 players split into 12 teams of four. And basically, everyone starts at once. Shotgun start? Mm. Shotgun start. So you're not waiting. You know, there's not tee times all over the place. They want to get this uh, tournament done. Is it best ball? (laughs) It (laughs) should be. scramble. It would be pretty cool if they had, like, the closest to the pinhole and the longest drive hole. So even if a guy was having a bad round, he gets to the longest drive hole and there's a cash prize up for grabs and he can just grip it and rip it. Yeah, that would be sweet. 
But here's where it gets really cool because uh, there's a lot of money at stake and there's money in terms of individual play, but also team play. So if your team does well, then you can win extra money. There is no cut. So that's why they're limiting the, the field to 48. So everyone will play all three rounds. And if your team collectively does the best, then you get extra money and you get money throughout the tournament. Really sounds like live golf is is the XFL to the NFL. Right? They, <laughs> they're making some changes that sound kind of cool and exciting, but golf purists and traditionalists would be uh, raising their eyebrows too. I think that's a really good comparison because for when they're doing this uh, tournament, they're going to have 50 cameras, a lot of different towers. They're going to use drones. They're going to use uh, some mobile steady cameras to give a different look to, uh, to to the golf course. I think it's going to be kind of neat. If people want to check it out, we'll put the Live Golf link up at the Taz and Jim Facebook page. Thanks, Dev. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. A new study has found that being optimistic can add years to your life. I believe it. Researchers tracked 160,000 American women for more than two decades used a questionnaire to rate how optimistic they were. The women who managed to look on the bright side of life as, uh, as the, uh, how's the song go? Always look on the bright side of life? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only line I know. Uh, Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were looking on the bright side of life, you're more likely to make it to 90 years old or older. If you were more optimistic, you lived 5.4% longer than the people who were most pessimistic. So if you made it to 90, you got five extra years. Hmm. And if you're hearing that and saying, only five years, then you're probably going to die early. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I wonder, because they always talk about how much stress kills you, right? Yeah. But I wonder if just being optimistic versus pe- pessimistic just changes your lifestyle choices like if you're super pessimistic why bother going for a run you know or eating healthy we're all going to die anyway so like what's the point of being healthy so the decisions you make based on your personality and your outlook yeah are probably contributing to the fact that you're living longer yeah. or not living as long. Rather than if these were just two people living yeah. on a couch with the exact same life except one was smiling and one was frowning Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you got a you got a little pep in your step, smile on your face, sun shining. Today is going to be a great day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk to work. Yeah, yeah. And the other guy's like, "What's all the point of life? I might as well smoke." <laughs> Give me another. Get a little bit of joy on my work day. Give me another whiskey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get through this terrible day. That could be. It could be something to that, Jim. Hmm. But if the glass is half full or half empty, uh, it depends on, on how long you could live your life. And what's in the glass? If it's whiskey. <laughs> well, the glass is probably going to break and cut me anyways. <laughs> I don't care if there's any anything in it half full, half empty. Who cares? Where's my chainsaw? <laughs> Want to put a chainsaw through a wall? <laughs> Maybe they're living so short because their walls are all chainsaw hold. <laughs> chainsaw accidents amongst <laughs> pessimists are through the wall. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Snoop Doggy Dog likes the ganja, apparently. What? 
Uh, he revealed years ago that he has on staff a joint roller. So he's got a personal joint roller. You hear about celebrities, some of them have their their personal chef, mm-hmm. you know, their their personal trainer, their masseuse, their assistants. Well, Snoop probably has those and a professional marijuana joint roller. Uber Facts tweeted uh, $40,000 to $50,000 is what Snoop's joint roller gets paid per year. Not bad. And Snoop had to correct them. He uh, retweeted that with the add-on comment, inflation. Their salary went up. Hmm. Well, good for Snoop. So they're making more than... $50,000 a year to roll his joints, apparently. So Snoop gives cost of living raises to his joint roller. (laughs) It is a full-time salaried position. Union. There is the joint rollers union he's part of. Every three years, (laughs) he gets a raise. The local 420. (laughs) (laughs) He's been on strike a couple times, you know. You got to respect yourself. Roll your own joints, yeah. Snoop. Know your worth. How good must that guy or get girl be at rolling joints? I don't know who the, the joint roller is, but can you imagine day in, day out, that's all they're doing? How yeah. good they must be at it? Oh, you'd have to be legit because everybody who is good at rolling joints would also want this job. So there's probably a lot of competition. Yeah. I wonder, though, is there like some workplace hazards like... Um, Maybe some arthritis, you know, after repeated stress. Carpal tunnel in carpal the thumbs. Carpal tunnel. Don't want that. This might be a temporary gig, you is know? Is that possible to get carpal tunnel or is that just in the wrist? I think it's mostly wrist, but if you roll sure. hard enough, you never know what could happen. <laughs> is he coming up with different designs, kind of like Pineapple Express? With the cross? The cross. Yeah. You know, all the novelty designs, it's, it's, it's a novelty. They're not that yeah. great to smoke. And I feel like Snoop is an efficient guy, you know? Like, he just wants to get there. He's the OG who yeah. likes the OG. <laughs> yeah, of course. Roll it roll it the way that it was meant to be rolled. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations to Snoop's dope roller. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I love this. This is a study that was done, a survey, asking people, what is your favorite type of air to breathe? (laughs) Isn't it all the same air? I guess there's like city air and country air is different. Mountain air is number one Hmm. on this list. Really? Isn't it the thinnest? Little, you, know, you go to Denver. Yeah, you go to Denver. It takes a while to, for you to get used to the uh, the elevation there. Mm-hmm. But once you do, that mountain air mm-hmm. is apparently incredible. Air at the beach was number two hmm. on the list of not people's a fan. favorite airs to breathe. Why not the fish? The the fish smell mostly. Uh huh. And the seaweed and all the gunk like rolling up on the beach. It depends on the beach. True. Yeah, some of the beaches, Great Lakes beaches, you can catch a whiff coming off of them of something. <laughs> I will say it'll st- hit you hard. Still a lake slash beach, but in the winter, if you're out in the middle of like a frozen lake, whether you're on a snowmobile or an ice, is that good air to breathe? Ice, uh, yeah, it's like it's crisp, you know. What about in the woods air? That, that makes sense yeah. with all the trees, the oxygen. Must be, yeah. That they're releasing. I think that would be good air. Big fan. <laughs> Big fan of that air. The air at your own home 
is on the list. Huh. I do like the smell of my own home kind of slash air when you come back from a vacation and it's like a familiar air or slash atmosphere. It's it's interesting though if you're breathing the air of other people's homes how disarming it can be. Because well, have you ever lived in an apartment building? You have, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're smelling the air from everyone's apartments when you walk down that hallway. Yeah, it sucks. You could probably find your own place blindfolded, though. <laughs> that is one good oh, thing. Oh yeah, that's my that's my air. Smell your way home. Here's my air. I wonder how long until artificial oxygen and air is on this list because now they're selling oxygen in a can. You see that? Remember that scene from Spaceballs where? Uh, the mayor inhales like the can- Perry air, the can of air, and like a yeah, yeah. water can. Now they're selling oxygen in a can. I think I saw it at Canadian Tire. What's it for? I think it's mostly for athletics. Okay. Like if you're on the side of a football field or something like that, you take a huff. But I think it's like just for natural wellness or and, using or pub- hike. public bathrooms. <laughs> Or if you need to walk up the stairwell at your apartment, <laughs> <laughs> you bring in a air can, in a can of can. air. <laughs> So you don't have to breathe that bathroom air. Mm-hmm. Uh, campfire smoke oh. is on the list of favorite airs that people like to breathe. It's the best and the worst. In the moment around the campfire, incredible. But when it's like clinging to you, the two or three days later, the worst. The EPA down in the U.S. warns that breathing campfire smoke is even worse for you than cigarettes. <laughs> Can we not enjoy anything? Now, <laughs> how is this on the list? The recirculated air on planes. People like that? It's the worst. <laughs> it has to be. Recycula- recirculated anything is disgusting. It's You're breathing everyone's farts. You're yes. In a, you're in a can of air at that <laughs> point. Disgusting. And the smell of a concert. Yeah, you might as well say smell of marijuana. That's Let's be right, serious. Yeah. What are we talking about? The best air is concert <laughs> air. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Jim told us he went to see Top Gun with his fiance Sarah last night. Jim, you liked the movie? Thought it was good? Yeah, yeah. I thought the uh, the plot was a little thin. Not bad, though, but the plot was a little thin. But it didn't matter because the planes and awesome. jets were so sweet. How were the moving seats? It was good. You, there's three levels, like low, medium, high, and it started off real aggressive, so I put it to low. But by the end of the movie, I was I was all the way up. And uh, they don't move that much, but it was just enough to get you into it because half of the movie they're like flying through like low canyons where they're constantly going left from, and right, like, yes, yeah. side to side. So that part was cool. Right on. Mm-hmm. Well, your fiance Sarah also really enjoyed the movie. Apparently, uh, you told us that Jim's been growing a mustache because he's going to be in a movie in a couple weeks, playing a detective. Playing you a know. detective. The, the director's like, "Can you grow a mustache for the role?" And he's like, "Sure." Uh, so Jim's got this mustache. I've always thought you look good with a mustache. Sarah's been on the fence until she saw Top Gun mm. and Miles Teller in the role of Goose's son, Rooster. Mm-hmm. With his mustache. And now Sarah not only says she likes the mustache, but she says that you can keep it for your engagement photo shoot. I know. Which is coming up at the end of the month. And she's also saying we should get married at the Church of Scientology. (laughs) What's going on? She thinks the mustache is hot. We got this message from Michelle, a Taz and Jim listener, after the conversation earlier in the show. She says... 
I know you guys were probably joking, but Jim, you should totally surprise your wife with a Top Gun costume. My husband and I started experimenting with role-playing over the pandemic, and it is the hottest our sex life has ever been. Hmm. I sent Michelle a message back. I said, what are you guys dressing up as? G-O-T. What's that? Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones, okay. And The Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they got a real medieval yeah. night thing going on over there. Okay. Game of Thrones and The Witcher, but it's working for Michelle, so okay. maybe you need to get yourself a flight suit, Jim Kelly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know a guy, anybody been in the Air Force? <laughs> I can get like one of those cheap, terrible ones from Spirit, yeah, Halloween. Yeah, Spirit Halloween or whatever, Party City. Sure. I, got, I do have kind of like a leather bomber jacket thing. Some aviators. Here comes the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys gotten into the role playing before? Oh, not costumes, I don't think. Not no, full on no, costumes. No. But, I mean, why not? I'm curious. Does anyone like go above and beyond with their costumes for the the bedroom? You and your partner doing some role play. Hmm. What are you dressing up as? Jim and his fiance Sarah went to see Top Gun last night. Before seeing Top Gun, Sarah was not a fan of Jim's mustache that he's currently sporting. Mm -hmm. After seeing Top Gun, she says the stash can stick around for a while, Jim. <laughs> I got a new wingman, my mustache. We uh, we got a message from Michelle, one of our listeners. She says that you should get a Top Gun costume because Michelle and her partner have been role-playing and dressing up in costumes in the bedroom and their love life has never been hotter. They're more into the Game of Thrones costumes but same sort of deal if you dress as a top gun pilot i'm sure it'll have the same effect yeah <laughs> we, couldn't hurt we asked the question is anyone else uh, doing this like are, are you wearing costumes to spice things up we got ricky here who was sent a text message says hey taz and jim my wife and i dress like mayor goodway and mayor humdinger from paw patrol <laughs> <laughs> oh chicoletta <laughs> <laughs> hey, they, Mayor Goodway. Are they dogs or humans? They're humans. Okay, they're <laughs> slightly better. They're a couple. Of, yeah, I guess it's better than dressing like Ryder and, uh, well, Ryder's a human as well. And a great name. <laughs> Ryder. <laughs> Sky and, uh, and uh, Rubble. Yeah, yeah. That would, those would be, you'd really confuse the kids if they walked in on that one. <laughs> You got some more messages over there, Jim? Yeah, I really hope that lady and her husband who are pretending to be Game of Thrones aren't dressing up as the Lannisters in the bedroom, considering they're a brother and sister. That would be weird. That would be weird if you're putting on two blonde wigs. Anybody who's seen Game of Thrones know what we're talking about here. I think one of them's dressing as a dragon. <laughs> Ride the dragon, baby! Uh, I like to dress up as Macho Man Randy Savage in the bedroom and then jump off the dresser. <laughs> is, is your wife dressing as Elizabeth? <laughs> that would be cool. We got a call here. Hey, Taz and Jim, who's this? Natasha. Hey, Natasha. What's up? Hey, guys. Uh, I do have a funny one for like, what you were talking about with dressing up in the bedroom. Okay, so you've been doing some role playing, or you have in the past done some I, oh, costuming? I, I definitely have, have as, a, as a joke before, yes. And what did you dress as? 
Well, my partner was a huge Star Trek fan. <laughs> so I went out on Valentine's Day one year and I surprised her with a Captain Picard jersey, like a whole outfit. <laughs> so what, do you have like the bald cap on? <laughs> <laughs> I've got short hair already, but oh, I have okay. like the red with the pins and the pants. That's right. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So you were yeah. Picard and who was she? Shocked. Shocked or spocked? Which one? No, shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely yeah. shocked. Hey, that, that, that live long and prosper hand gesture yeah. can come in pretty handy in the bedroom. You can take it the shocker like or the spocker. It's a brilliant idea, right? <laughs> oh, well, that's an interesting visual. And was it a one-time thing, or does Jean-Luc Picard make an appearance every uh, Valentine's Day or anniversary? The Jean-Luc Picard jersey lives on in my closet currently. So <laughs> Nice, <laughs> Natasha. I love it. Have a good day, boys. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.